I drink your milkshake. You are listening to the Billionaire Podcast Network. solo show only on the billionaire podcast network ka-ching bing 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 dee dee fill her up this is the solo show i do it's me yours truly the first billionaire podcaster the daniel Plainview of podcasting the caucasian copperhead the caucasian critic white sonat darth brooks it's me your boy dalton pruitt welcome to lost in the maze youtube.com slash at cornfield with dalton Pruitt, apple podcast spotify patreon oh too hot patreon.com slash cornfield with dalton Pruitt. we got the five dollar tier ten dollar fifteen dollar tiers those will get you access to all the premium episodes bonus content uh you know the, the all the little treats and bells and whistles that go with those but the big one the most important one not the $35 pictures of my feet tier, which if you want to subscribe to that, please. But the $25 tier will get you, for $25 a month, you'll receive the Fraternal Order of Corn Fed decal. After you've been subscribed to that tier for three months, it is, so it is $75 for a sticker. And along with that, once you subscribe to that tier, if you send me a list of your enemies, I will call for a jihad upon them on the show. Uh, I did this for the previous person that subscribed to that tier. He he subscribed and sent me a list of 150 names, one of which included Sam Hyde. And I did make a recording in which I called for a jihad upon his enemies. Jihad being the Arabic word for holy war jihad also being the preferred parlance used in the frank herbert's novel dune the uh, muadib's jihad against the landsrod and the noble houses and in, in the the whole galaxy a slaughter that would see numbers greater than that which were done by hitler <laughs> <laughs> there is a part in Dune Messiah where the the Muad'Dib is is feeling bad about doing this jihad, this galactic jihad, and the billions of people that they've slaughtered him and his armies. And he's like, I, I, I guess he can like see into the past, or I don't know. He has like some knowledge of everything, and so he, he's asking like one of his subordinates. He's like, you ever hey, you ever hear a guy? You ever hear a guy? from years and years ago, thousands of years ago, called Hitler. And the guy's like, huh, 
That's from the old, like, the whatever language they use. That's from the old records. That's from ye old uh, recordings. And Muad'Dib, Paul Atreides is, is like, yeah, you know, Hitler, he did a he did one of these. And uh, you know how many people he killed? And the guy's like, uh, no, nah, I don't. And, and Muad'Dib says, uh, yeah, so, something like six million. And then the, the other guy's like, huh, his army must have been a bunch of fucking pussies. Because uh, we're, we're sl- you know, we're going through and killing billions. And then the Muad'Dib is like, no, it was actually probably one of the most formidable armies at the time. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, it's the, the um, I guess the point that he's trying to make there, Frank, Her- Frank Herbert, is, you know, violence begets violence. And, you know, and I, it, 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 if everybody does an eye for an eye, eventually we all go blind. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's sort of the, um, the, the, the parable of Dune is that the Muad'Dib, Paul Atreides, does this jihad, an act of revenge, the, the Freeman rising up against the galaxy, and in doing so creates more chaos and bloodshed and, and terror and suffering than the universe has ever known. And he, he is horrified by his actions. He, he feels distraught by what he has wrought and then walks into the desert, the full saint, the Muad'Dib. Uh, anyway, so yeah, $25 will get you the decal after three months, $75 for a sticker. I was inspired to make that after watching the Telemarketers documentary on HBO, which exposes the FOP charity scam invented by the, uh, I think it's a the Jersey-based civic development group, a classic boiler room telemarketing scam operation in which Many ex-convicts and drug addicts call hundreds of little old ladies across the country to ask them to donate money from their dead husbands' pensions to support the families of fallen police officers. And in return, the little old ladies receive a little sticker that they can slap on the back windshield of their car to maybe get out of a ticket. And then also, most of that money doesn't go to the actual charity; it just goes to the actual to the to the telemarketing company. So. That's kind of the, you know, that's kind of the uh, the ethos of my scam with this decal. But, yeah, I mean, you can, if when you get the decal, if you subscribe to that tier and get the decal, you can put it on your back windshield, and it might help you get out of a ticket. Speaking of the telemarketers documentary, one of the, the main guys in it, one of the main characters, uh, I suppose, the real people in a documentary are characters, Patrick J. Pespis was missing for for a couple weeks. Uh, we were all very concerned. We wanted to we wanted to see him return home safely. And happy day, Patrick J. Pespis has been found. He's back with his wife, his beautiful wife Sue, and they asked that you respect their. We all respect their privacy in this trying time. So, praise be to the Most High that Patrick J. Pespis has been found. I also found his uh, LinkedIn profile. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's let's get into the show. This is Lost in the Maze, number 10. And a lot of these uh, entrepreneurial guys on the internet, the, these sort of like VC tech podcast aficionados, the, the guys who made billions in tech and all that, that want to be 
entrepreneurial motivational figures uh, that talk about what to do if you want to have like some sort of podcast or, or media career. Uh, they those guys say they always tweet stuff like these statistics. You know, and, and it's always like if you want a successful podcast you got to do this 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 and this and then always they always say like they always have this like statistic and i I don't know like how true this is or where it comes from but they always say the the key to a successful podcast the key to making it in this field is consistency a always bbp posting you know what it takes to sell patreon subscriptions brass balls Okay, you see this, you see this watch, it cost $900,000. Uh, <laughs> um, and so they, they always say that uh, most podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes, that the people, these people will decide to start a podcast and do it a little bit, and then, and then it just drops off, they give up. And you want to know why that is? It's because those shows suck shit. Most people are unbelievably boring and uninteresting. And that has no bearing on their overall success in life. I've met plenty of uh, upper middle class and upper class people, people, millionaires even, who are the most drab absolute fucking dullards i've ever talked to it's almost like a like an ai scripted everything that they're saying it's like it drives me fucking crazy talking to most people because they they speak and act in in a way that i i don't i don't even know how to explain it and it's not that it's not that like dumbass internet thing that people talk about where it's like i don't like small talk i i do enjoy small talk i'll talk about the weather and about traffic or politics like whatever small talk is it but you could just tell talking to a lot of people that they don't have much going like rattling around in their heads like they 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 were they were gifted with the foundation and the wherewithal to like do the right things and have a good career and create stability for themselves but god damn do they fucking suck they're boring boring fucking people and then a lot of these guys what happens is like they they hit this sort of crisis crisis in their lives this existential moment where they wonder is the you know there has to be more to life than you you know being a millionaire owner of a landscaping company i should do podcasting that they all you know they do that they're like there has to be more to this than owning four used car lots and having a beautiful family i need to sell beef jerky on the internet and so they you know they start podcasts and, and it turns out they suck at it. They have nothing to say. They, they have no point of view or it, like interesting thoughts at all. And for them, it's a grind. They realize that sitting in front of a microphone and talking for an hour, hour and a half, hour, two hours is probably the most difficult job in the world. And then, and then the show doesn't obviously doesn't make it past 10 episodes. And then they just have this graveyard of dusty podcast equipment sitting in the house 
a, a fragmented memory of a time in which they attempted to follow their dreams of selling skin cream and talking about the the, the news of the day or what whatever whatever it is that you know people want to talk about. <clears throat> Everybody covers the same fucking topics on podcasts. Everything. Everything sucks. Like I, I, somebody was telling me. Somebody called me out and said that the, the podcasting bubble burst. That the grift is over, and I, I don't think it's that. I don't. I think the reason, a lot of people now are, are exhausted with podcasting and pretty much all content is we're caught in this bizarre feedback loop that has been determined by the algorithm like the algorithm has manipulated so much of what content and entertainment is and and art is dead it would like it used to be there was art and then there was entertainment and then and then along came content and now art is just completely off the table entertainment is dying and what's left is just content that's all being like determined by the algorithm. Like there's these trends that start happening because of the algorithm. The algorithm like starts pushing whatever to people. And then that, you know, we all see that, that, that th- this is what's getting all the views. Like we all, for example, we all saw this happen with, with the YouTube thumbnails, the soy face, like Mr. B style thumbnails that everybody started using and so because mr beast has 800 million youtube subscribers and he's a billionaire probably cia asset or something i don't understand that guy but because like that sort of thing was work like everybody saw that working really well everybody else just followed suit and said well i guess we got to do these dumb fucking goddamn thumbnails for our uh, youtube channel for everything that we upload and so that you know that was something where everybody was influenced by the algorithm and then and then along came the clips the one two minute clips of 10 different people sitting around a table talking about what body count is acceptable for a woman is it okay to marry a woman who's had sex with 10 or more people is it okay to date a guy who has only had sex with two or three women uh, you know what, what should be what should be how much should a man make in a year before you'll date him those kinds of really fun engaging conversations that are just flooding the internet that's what's you know that's what's uh being pumped out because the, you know people the algorithm has determined that that's what people want to see i guess that's you know thousands and millions of people get to watch adam 22 sit at a table with crit mac and well crit mac is very entertaining that's a bad example but you you know what i'm talking about those those shows where it's like the most vapid vacuous empty-headed fucking people talking about sex and money and relationships really fun stuff you know but that's what the algorithm that's what you know and, and so because of that people are now creating things uh following that trend people got to do relationship advice shows and and sex talk and body count and fucking money and finances crypto stocks all that and then you gotta you gotta cut down a one to two minute clip with the big fucking subtitles because everybody you know because psychologically 
everybody knows that nobody even wants to fucking hear it. You're scrolling on your phone. The, it's 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 already muted. And so knowing that they have to put these subtitles up, so so that you're forced to at least see some like something that's being said. It's it's the same it's the same like sales psychology as cold calling someone, like calling someone out the blue. In, in like if you work on like a telemarketing sales floor and, and having to like pretend as though you know that person and be like overly engaging and, and uh, like try and hook them in in any way possible that's that's what's happening with these clips in the big subtitles they're utilizing sales manipulation tactics to get you to unmute your phone and watch their awful fucking podcast that is saying the same thing a thousand other shows have said because these people are fucking goddamn drips who have no thoughts. That's what's rewarding now is people with no thoughts. Be, be, because like honestly, when people talk about the, the, this great fear that AI is going to start creating all the TV shows and movies that these the AI is going to write the scripts and, and blah 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 it's like to some to some degree that is already happening when you look at the way streaming and, and tv and everything works now how everything is money ball like every everything is boiled down to these like spreadsheets and percentages and statistics and the these studio execs and everybody are just trying to figure out like how to I, like game the algorithm and, and create something that algorithmically will appeal to the most people at like at that point then everything that's being created is in this feedback loop based on that so people are creating things now not from their own imagination or like with from this desire to create something new and make anyone feel anything or think about things or see anything in a new perspective or like actually create art they're creating things because the, like the out like based on what they think the algorithm might push to everybody and and so we we are like being tuned as machines basically by the, the this technology like the a like whatever whatever an algorithm is like whatever this technology is these pro this programming by which the, these uh, services and studios and everything operate now, it's in, it's trickling down and influencing everybody to create things in an effort to please the algorithm itself. So that that's why like every you know so much so much sucks shit now, and there's so much nostalgia bait because culture plateaued and it, and then everything became like the the like everything was just referencing stuff that was good that we enjoyed before because nothing new was coming out that was good and that's why Frasier is back on that's why they they keep having to reboot everything and reference old stuff because nothing new that's coming out is, is fucking worth the shit and i and i felt that coming when that fuck when that fucking goddamn stranger things show first came on i was like i remember watching that when it first came on and, and I, I was like did a com did like a computer make this show did they just like input a bunch of like spielberg and john hughes and zemeckis 
it tropes into a fucking computer and like hit it like hit enter and do and do like a weird science experiment to create this fucking show because th- this is just a hodgepodge of nostalgia there there's nothing here of any substance and look far like nobody should expect much substance from television like tv is tv so what like what tv is is like supposed to be more digestible uh uh like filler entertainment whereas movies film cinema that's you know that's the wagyu beef and and tv is wendy's if if that makes any sense you understand the metaphor and so and so i'm not expecting tv to be high art but watching that stranger things show first like when it first came on and even now i'm like this is like like an extension of that that like ready player one shit it's it's like a further extension of that sort of thing where it's just referencing all the nostalgia and stuff that the these like older generations look back on fondly and then younger kids like my age and younger just watch it and go well i i guess that was cool i i wasn't there for any of this but I mean, that looks like it was fun to have a crew and go on bike rides and fight monsters. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I mean, but that—that's—that's that's what that show feels like. It, it just feels like they put in a bunch of references into a computer, in, into like an AI prompt, and hit enter, and there you go. There's the fucking show, everybody, and it's the biggest thing on the fucking planet. So I'm wrong. Like, it, it's you know, it, it's like the most popular show ever, but it god damn it sucks it sucks so much i i just truly don't like that show and it's most unforgivable crime was as we all know now casting brett gelman in that in the show what what an absolute just awful awful person brett gelman is uh (laughs) he's so annoying he's he's so bad and his in his his little his little cracker ass peckerwood attitude his, his dumbass behavior is the probably the reason his his black wife left him and then he and then he finally found himself a nice jewish gal and the, and they can uh laud the uh genocide happening overseas right now uh i'm not gonna <clears throat> actually let's not speak on that i don't want to lose my job uh I'm unemployed, actually. I don't want to stop receiving my EBT benefits. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, everything is like not interesting now, and, and and that's why you know everything's going. You know, a lot of stuff is just going to content. You know, like d- during the the these the strikes that have been happening in the entertainment industry, like you hear all these stories of like these TV writers who are not even like not making enough in a year to qualify for like that union health insurance and like come to find out the minimum qualification like the minimum amount you have to make to get that insurance is like 27 or 28 thousand dollars and so it's like well this, like at that point this is not even a job you're working a fucking side hustle if you're not even clearing like that amount of money in a year but secondly, like what you do in the, in the world of TV and entertainment has little to no value at this point because it it's it all it just sucks shit. 
Like, I hate to be, like, not have, like, I, it's not that I don't have empathy for them or that I'm trying to be, like, cynical in any way, but it does suck shit what is, like, what is being created because it's, it's all at the whims of, like, not even, not even, like, studio executives or, like, lowest common denominator people anymore. It's, it's just trying to figure out, like, what, like algorithmically will work and 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 now no, like nobody wants to watch it and, and i imagine these like streaming services are just like hemorrhaging fucking money because they've forgotten that what people want is stuff that's entertaining and engaging and doesn't feel like it's being like created in some sort of fact like tv show factory where they they've you know removed all of the like human elements and stuff like the the components that make anything interesting and they're just trying to like distill everything down to it, it like it's it, it, like to, to you know what i'm god damn it now i'm just getting flustered talking about this because <laughs> i don't enjoy anything anymore i don't enjoy anything anymore and and you, you know you may be asking yourself well dalton if you're so salty about this why don't you create something and it's like i'm trying i'm doing broadcasting i don't even like the word podcast i don't even, I, what, I, what, what the fuck does that word even mean now i like i get i guess when when it was started it was like in some reference to the ipod well the fucking ipod doesn't exist anymore they, they don't make them now there's the iphone and the android phones and just the internet in general but the fucking goddamn ipod doesn't even exist anymore now and so, like, this tech guy just created some dumbass fucking word that we all just use. And I, the word podcast sounds stupid. And, and, that, and, and that's why nobody respects it. That's why there's people in podcasting who are only making, you know, $20 million a year doing it. I just don't like the, It's just not an elegant word. There's something about it I find to be... Uh, 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 unpleasant, and it's not that gay shit where people are like, I don't like the word moist. It's it's just a it's just a silly word that I don't like. I've never liked the word podcasting, broadcasting. That's that it carries with it the glitz and glamour of old Hollywood broadcasting radio, big tower in the sky. With, with big red like circles emanating off of it, big red beams of light be, be, beaming down into your car so you can listen to uh, conservative talk radio. There's too many immigrants flooding into the country and ruining what, what, what was once a great land. Um... But yeah, I mean that—that's—that's that's what I create. Okay, I'm a fucking broadcaster. I'm not a—I'm not a fucking goddamn TV writer. I, I never had any aspirations to break into, like necessarily show business. I was like, I just want to carve out some like dumbass corner of the internet and, and do my thing, and then the rest of you can go live in that weird fucked up world where you, you like, even though you've succeeded and made like made your dreams come true. You all seem absolutely fucking miserable and just complain and complain and complain about stuff, which which is rude, which feels like gaslighting, to be honest with you. Like anytime I see a celebrity complain about anything, it, it, it's it, I, I'm always just like this. This feels like psychological warfare. 
Like, what are you, what are you doing? You, like, you, you made your dreams come true. You have, like, the most comfortable, awesome life imaginable. And you still have the fucking gall to complain about stuff. And it's always, it's always like, well, I'm, just because I have tons and tons of money and get all this pussy and I'm a big time movie star doesn't mean I still get sad sometimes. And it's like, fair enough. Keep it to your fucking self. Okay. It's okay to be sad. Sit in your fucking mansion and deal with it. And don't go on a goddamn fucking talk show and, and try to appeal to the masses as though you're one of us. And it's like, oh, I get sad sometimes, so I have to take, you know, six months off to go travel around the world to deal with my depression. It's, okay, really fucking inspiring stuff there. I'm glad you were able to work it out in Monaco. I'm stuck going to the, you know, going to the Amazon warehouse and working 15 hours a day with a 30-minute lunch, 10 minutes of which is spent walking from the fucking goddamn conveyor belt to the break room. The most, I, I live the most hostile, miserable life imaginable. I, I welcome the sweet embrace of death, and you motherfuckers want to live forever. That's how good your lives are. You can't imagine it ending. And that's all I think about is the when will this end? Everybody calls me like when I when I dealt with my brain accident and I, I was in, in, sort of in a coma of sorts and people were like trying to like reach out to me and figure something out. People would tell me, you know, you know, life is short. You know, we don't have a lot of days left when you think about it. And I was always like, what are you talking about? There's tons and tons of days. It's it, this is long. This is a long slog to 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 nothing. It's it like this is just an arduous fucking trek that each day I'm like I can't believe this is still happening. Why do people say that life is too short? This is so fucking much. This is so long. <clears throat> But may I, you know, maybe that's the, the people that are actually enjoying it feel feel that it's short. I, you know, I, I guess that for people like me and a lot of the country, it's like, God damn, dude, this is, it, it, that weird human thing where it's, it's like, I'm miserable. I hate this. But for some reason, I don't want, I don't really want to die just yet. But man, it, it will be great when this is finally over. Just that, that dumb human thing where it's, it's, it's like, I could really, you know, just not deal with this anymore if I wanted to. I, I could fucking, pre you know, press the button on this one and blow it, blow myself up and, and just go black and finally be like free from this bullshit. But for whatever reason, I don't want to, even though each day is a fresh new hell and that's i suppose that's the human condition that's the uh, as as uh, albert camus said the myth of sisyphus uh you know the the boulder stuff that uh, you know the, the 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 that like french existential shit that different uh fucking entertainers get into where they talk about you know you gotta love the process you gotta learn to love the boulder and all they get into this like spirit like new age wellness spiritualism stuff it, it, as as though they know like truly what suffering is where where it's it's like i'm i'm sure you have like some shit that you deal with but shut shut the fuck up shut your fucking goddamn mouth Be, because 
like whatever you've dealt with in life is so far behind you at this point. You, you don't like what whatever your version of, of this like Sisyphusian shit is, is 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 like kicking a pebble down the road. Okay, I got the fucking boulder, bitch. Okay, I'm pushing the boulder, and let me tell you something. It's real fucking heavy, and I'm not making a lot of headway up this hill. And, and and I know that even when I get to the top of the hill, the fucking goddamn boulder is gonna roll back down. So, you know, just just shut just shut the just let me let me work with my boulder here. I don't want to hear this. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to hear this shit. I think re honestly, like reading philosophy might just make you stupid if you don't like go into it all the way. Like if you read just enough philosophy to start thinking like a philosopher but not actually having the like the the actual uh like deep ass thoughts that a philosopher does like everything like everything you're thinking and trying to uh talk about with other people is just like referencing shit that you've read in philosophy like you think you're smart that might actually be like counter counterintuitive like to to read enough of this shit to think you're on to something, to think you're like gaining some greater understanding of the human condition, but to not actually be an intellectual is probably like the worst place to be because then you're just, you're just an obnoxious, pretentious dickhead who read some books and now thinks like you're on to something that nobody's ever heard of before. And it's like, no, we, I mean, we all are, we're all pretty familiar with like Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. To, to some degree and, and and a lot of the tropes and ideas that are talked about in all these different philosophical texts have been like delivered to us via some medium whether it's in tv or movies so like we do have like so, some sort of embedded understanding of these ideas already and it's it's just opened up to us further if we take the time to read those texts but like we all kind of like you know, intrinsically understand a lot of this shit you just you know, you just had some time on your hands and read a fucking book, and now you think you're like, you, you've got some answers, dipshit. Uh, actual smart people move in silence, okay? They keep their fucking mouths shut, and they, they only speak when it's time to speak. Um, and, and it's and it's the same with dumbasses, slack jawed dumbasses. Don't have much to say. They just go about they go they go about their day and don't bother nobody. And it's it's the fucking middle of the road people who are just smart enough to think they're to think they're smart, but still absolute fucking idiots that go around talking about the the process and the boulder and, and enlightenment and shit. I've been there. I look, I've been that guy, and, and like who I am now is is like I'm of the mind. It's like figure it the fuck out. Like, whatever these, like, spiritual wellness guys talk about, where they just yap on and on about enlightenment and suffering and meditation and all that, I'm of the mind that it's like, figure it out for yourself. I got no, I, like, I have no, I have nothing to offer in that regard. I, I, it would be foolish of me to ever try to speak on anything with any authority. I do not understand a goddamn thing. I, I am so, uh, like, like, like people have always told me like you're really well read for uh for someone in like comedy or you know in this realm and it, it's you know and it's like okay i mean that's that's the same as like 
be, being like well read for a fucking dog. Like if a, if a dog recognizes itself on the TV, it's like he's really smart. He's a smart dog. That's what it's like to to be like in the world of comedy and podcasting. And I've read at least three or more, you know, at least three books since high school. It's it's like that's not really much of a feat to be like one of the more well-read people in a room full of fucking comedians because they're the most lazy, entitled, fucking idiotic jackasses on the planet. So the the fact that I like, you know, have, have taken the time to read like a Confederacy of Dunces, they're like, okay, gay, little smarty pants over here. You know, I stopped reading. Uh, after high school, okay, I decided to get pussy. You know, books are, books, books are for no get, no pussy getting fools. So yeah, I mean, there is an element of truth to that, I guess. I guess you you do sort of like retreat into literature when you're not getting pussy, and just hope that like maybe if I just get smart enough, I can get pussy. Maybe if I read enough books, I'll get like some sort of like mega mind powers that will help me get pussy. Like I. The law of attraction, like women will see how fucking emotionally mature I am because I I read uh, The Great Gatsby, and I understand human nature in the 1920s. <laughs> I'm stupid now. I mean, ever, ever since my brain accident, I haven't really read or wrote in wrote in anything. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I'm trying. I sat down today to like actually try and write something. And it's just so difficult because uh, it's it's just so hard to like organize your thoughts. That's why that's why I like doing this. There is, I don't have to organize anything. I just I just go off the dome and just just start ranting and rambling. And whatever happens happens. And it's in the moment. And you know the the nature of the medium uh, you know lends itself to this sort of thing. Like I can just like talk and talk and talk and, and it kind of works because you're, you're not like reading any sort of text and, and so contextually you can understand what's happening by listening or watching this whereas like on pay if you were to transcribe anything like this and put it on paper it would be like absolute fucking nonsense so th there does have to be like more deliberation and uh uh work and, and care that goes into actually writing something you know broadcasting is either got with broad well i mean with the, i guess with any creative endeavor whether it's like broadcasting podcasting stand-up writing music whatever i think there might be some some element like a, an unfortunate truth that's like you either got it or you don't like you either have like some sort of innate ability that you can hone in on and like sharpen and fine-tune or you just don't have it you know, like I, I, I've seen like plenty of people take like improv classes or comedy classes or like I studied, you know, writing in college. So you're just in rooms full of like other people trying to learn writing. And I, I think like with creative stuff like that, it, it's it, just luck of the draw. It's just something that you, you can you either have like this ability to uh, express yourself in some way that people find like enlightening and engaging, or you just don't have it. I saw, you know, I saw, I, I saw, I saw it all the time in stand up. People just plugging away at this thing for years and years and years, and and they're still just waiting for their name to be called at an open mic and begging for to go on different bar shows, and you know, and it's it's also like. I, but all, I mean, also like with all this kind of stuff, there, like the the sort of saving grace is that 
you can learn sales and manipulation tactics and networking techniques to still succeed in, in spite of like ha- lacking any real talent you know it's it's like if you suck shit at the thing you want to do just get really good at like marketing and sales and learn how to fucking schmooze and rub elbows with people and work your way up the ladder and then you can have a nice career making you know bullshit for people and, and that's fine with me i don't you know like get like whatever you got to do to get money but that's that's the flaw with a lot of these people is you know they 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 consider themselves artists and, and just keep you know putting doing the grind and not even realizing like you're not you're not like making any headway you're not advancing at all you're not like making any progress you're literally doing the same thing day in and day out and maybe you know uh you you get to do like an out of town show that you lose fucking money on and you know i can't talk about losing money really because i've lost everything and everything's riding on this but i'm good at it like that's the thing is i am like naturally gifted in in this way i don't have i don't have a lot of good qualities uh you know i'm fat as shit i look like the girl from hereditary which i have to accept my feet are fucked up but i got two things going for me i got a good ass head of hair and i have a great voice for radio everywhere i've ever worked people said that whether it was in retail or sales being a barista they always said you have a great speaking voice you have a, you have a good personality people like talking to you. you got that southern charm and i've had many people tell me you got a great voice for radio and you know and this this is uh this is radio this is radio <laughs> the the cuba gooding jr black retard movie uh yeah but that's that that's the gift I've been given, and and it's yeah. You know, why not? Why not me? You know, if the if those like like horribly unattractive, nasally like weirdos over at Chapo Trap House can build like so much wealth and have this like extremely prominent successful podcast in spite of having the worst speaking voices i've ever heard uh, human beings have it's unreal that how like ugly their voices are like all of their voices match their faces it's crazy the the, the total unattractiveness of those people from head to fucking toe they sound ugly and then they look ugly you know, it's, it's like the the joke in Wayne's world was that like that that radio DJ had the most beautiful speaking voice, but he he looked kind of schlubby, and, and that like that juxtaposition was funny. But like with Chapo, it's like I don't even know. There's nothing funny here. This is just tragic. You guys sound fucking terrible when you talk. Like you have these awful nasally whiny, like prima, like, but also like prima donna sort of like uh rich kid voices like mm, i'm reading marks and, and and they were able to like build this like vast empire doing that same thing with them fucking dime square whores the red scare dasha and anna that that vocal fry shit they do the the the, the, the like airheaded fucking empty way that they speak and they're making like t- fucking getting like investments from peter Thiel for their fucking like 
whatever their show is now, like what it was like socialist, and now it's like tradcath right wing, hanging out with Alex Jones, and and they they talk like absolute fucking barred out Xanax retards, fucking crazy. What actually works like that? That's that that actually worked out for them. Because it's like you would think in an audio medium, you would need to have like a voice that was appealing and that people would want to listen to for about an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And any like I can't I can't sit there and listen to any of these fucking people for any length of time because it sounds like they have like tuberculosis. It's crazy. Whereas whereas I have one of the most pleasant speaking voices that God has ever gifted anybody. I'm I'm unbelievably talented and pleasant to to listen to. But unfortunately I got you know I've gotten in my own way and I but yeah I can recover. I can as long as I got in there a webcam and an internet connection and a fucking days in that keeps their Wi-Fi set to guest, I can do anything, baby. Uh <laughs> I uh uh by the way uh, I poured me, a, I got, I, I fixed me a cup of coffee here and there, this is not, I don't, I don't have, I don't have sponsors yet. I can't even monetize the channel yet. So, the, uh, the, these folks are not part of the show other than I'm just like drinking this, but, um, I was thinking about this particular brand of coffee because they've employed an interesting marketing strategy uh, the way they branded themselves that I've noticed with uh, different products now. It's um, this one of these man military metal coffees. I think it's like Death Wish or Black Rifle. I think I have both. I have a bag of Death Wish coffee and a bag of Black, Black Rifle coffee. And the marketing for these coffees, the way they're branding themselves and advertising themselves is interesting because most coffee is designed to uh, paint the image in one's mind of a, a cafe, perhaps, a, a Parisian cafe or, or, a, or, a, or a New Orleans or... A New Orleans cafe, or having a, a couple, a couple of chicory and a bagnet, or, or you know, some like some like pleasant place. Maybe it's raining outside, and you're sitting in a cafe working on your screenplay. Like that's sort of the imagery that coffee companies want to conjure. Or you know, there's a guy waking up in the morning, putting his tie on, and his wife fixes him a cup of, cup of coffee. There's a fun little jingle, the you know, best part of waking up, folders in your cup. Uh, and, and but with the with, with this coffee, Black Rifle and Death Wish, the imagery that they're conjuring in my mind is Fallujah. <laughs> it's just like be a fucking man, grab a gun, and go to war. <laughs> and it, it, in order to in order to kill the enemy, you're gonna need you're gonna need a strong cup of Joe, black rifle coffee, M16 in your hand. Time to time time to infiltrate and neutralize the insurgents. It's just like man coffee. This shit ain't for gay guys. Women can't drink this. This is for warriors. Death wish, death wish coffee. It'll make your heartbeat funny. 
<laughs> it'll make your heart flutter. It'll it'll give you arrhythmia. There's so much fucking caffeine in this. This is so goddamn strong. It'll make you it'll make you feel like you're in a war zone. It'll give you Vietnam flashbacks, even though you're only 23. Uh, yeah, that that's <laughs> like, that's what I picture with the the branding of these coffees is is like these guys saw some gap in the market where it's like you know you know what people are tired of are are pleasant enjoyable cups of coffee we need to remind them of war and being a fucking man and going on doing march orders going on 12 mile marches with a with a fucking uh, you know 80 pound rucksack strapped to your back that's what that's what we want to inspire with our coffee, okay? Where where are the beans sourced? Uh, who uh, the battlefield? Okay, these beans are sourced, gr- grown from soil fertilized by the bones of our enemies. Okay, that's where the beans are sourced, roasted in in the fires uh, of uh, burning corpses. Uh, that's that's how we make this coffee. Okay. Shipped over here in a fucking body bag, <laughs> and, and I, you know, uh, it's it feels like it's an extension of the the the, the original brand like product that did, in my like that I can remember that tried this, and I think they still make it, but they definitely had to change the way they advertise it. Was Dr Pepper Ten? For those of you that don't remember, Dr. Pepper had probably the greatest ad campaign of all time when they released their low-calorie alternative, Dr. Pepper 10, which was not Diet Dr. Pepper, but it wasn't fully loaded Dr. Pepper. It was Dr. Pepper 10. And the ads they ran was, was like, just a dude in, like, an action setting and, and... you know, like running and gunning and riding an ATV or something, and like dinosaurs were chasing him, I think. And, and then he cracks open a Dr. Pepper tin, and the slogan for Dr. Pepper tin, like the 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 ethos of Dr. Pepper tin, the i the idea behind it was like this was this was a masculine beverage. This was like something that is like an an alternative to diet Dr. Pepper, but still low sugar low calorie so that i guess it's still healthy and so the slogan for the drink was dr pepper 10 it's not for women (laughs) and they were in these commercials all the time i remember enjoying them i remember thinking they really it was like funny it was funny to me that like like the market research you did like what you determined was to create a, a product and advertise it in a way that alienates i don't know half of the population (laughs) <laughs> you want the way you want to sell this is like women and gays don't get to drink Dr. Pepper 10. This is for fucking men. This is what men drink is low calorie Dr. Pepper, but not diet Dr. Pepper because that's for fucking pussies. <laughs> and, and that was the fr- that was like the first time I saw anything advertise itself in that like so aggressively that it, like being marketed like four dudes in that way where we're like like using the imagery of of like an action movie to sell like a soda <laughs> to sell a soda like that 
and, and marketing it like appealing to that that sort of like primal element in our minds like that thing inside all of, all, all men that want to be leonidas from 300 in 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 order to be leonidas from 300 you need to drink a 10 calorie uh can of dr pepper of dr pepper that only has 10 calories because you you know you're still trying to like watch your weight and that's how you that's how you become leonidas from from 300 um uh, and then uh yeah and, and that was like the first time i noticed anything like that and then like in recent years there's like more and more stuff like this hitting the market like um maybe it's it's not like a masculine branding necessarily but like that liquid death water where it like every every other water that exists tries to like conjure up this this feeling of like a glacial spring or or a babbling brook or or you know, like some pleasant you know uh, like underwater mario level type of a uh, vibe the, the 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 donkey the underwater donkey kong level vibe is is how water is <laughs> and, and then li liquid death you know li liquid liquid death is another one is one where it's like what if you bash your fucking face in with a hammer you know it's like cannibal corpse water is is the the idea behind it, like what i gather from liquid death it's it's like this this isn't all the other water is for fucking pussies okay this water is for fucking metalheads in the hardcore fucking hydrators out there where my you know that's the branding of it and i do kind of i mean i do like the i like the 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 can aspect of it like i think when it comes to boggled water uh it's probably best to have it like either in a glass bottle or a can all that plastic is yucky and it's 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 gumming up the environment but the can from what i understand cans of glass are easier to deal with in terms of like waste management recycling and, and they're like overall better for the environment not that I'm necessarily like an environmentally conscious person, but also I will say on a tactile level, just in, in terms of like sensory, uh, uh, like the, the sensory uh, sense, <laughs> I do prefer cans and glass to plastic. Like plastic feels, plastic containers just feel so trashy to me. And I know I'm white trash, but the, there's always been something about plastic that has this like just, just feeling of the proletariat, of the dregs. Whereas glass and aluminum cans have this bourgeoisie style to them. They, they just feel more elegant to hold and, and to handle, and, and they, they clink, they crunch. You know the the, the the sort of the crinkle of an aluminum can whereas like a plastic bottle just make the just the the noises it makes are unpleasant the the click of a plastic bottle ooh i don't like uh, yeah i may this might what i'm describing might just be a symptom of autism i cannot handle the uh sensory overload of a of a plastic bottle <laughs> um but yeah, with, with with liquid death, that's another one where 
the 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 whole idea of it is just like this is water not for pussies don't be a pussy don't drink aquafina that's for pussies and that is a bad one i mean when it comes to water you, you do want to stick with either you know some sort of mineral water or or uh uh tap water whereas like aquafina and dasani and all that are um just you know distilled um and i mean what i mean what is going on with bottled water anyway everywhere i go now it, like everybody's drinking bottled water and they have god damn this sounds like such a fucking old man thing that i'm doing right now but it, it is something i've thought about lately because like everywhere i go everybody's either drinking bottled water or they have those like brita filters and there seems to be like this palpable fear of just like tap water now that I, I don't understand like truly like can't wrap my head around why people are like scared of the tap water i mean it makes sense if you're somewhere like flint michigan but whenever i go to like people's houses or their apartments and they insist on using like the brita pitcher or or having bottled water i'm, I'm always like the like you know, if it's, especially if it's in like a large city, like a major metropolitan city, I'm like the fucking like public utilities of this city. Like, the, I, I think the city is making a pretty good effort of ensuring that there's like clean drinking water coming out the tap. I don't know if you have anything to be afraid of. Uh, but also, I remember being a kid and being one of those kids that just drank water out the, out of the garden hose, and then like somewhere along the way, and like everybody made the switch to bottled water and filtered water uh, because everyone is susceptible to advertising you know it, it, like the 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 the, pe the people over at big h2o convinced everyone that you got to get bottled water you got to get the filter because they created the product now they got to sell it so like all the you know all the ad agencies and marketing and these companies like spent millions and millions of dollars to figure out a way to convince all of us that the you know uh easily accessible and inexpensive water that flows forth from our the taps in our homes is yucky and, and not to be trusted so we got to go out and buy you know 24 packs of bottled water or get the brita filter or or, or drink smart water alkaline 9.5 ph infused with more electrolytes essentia life water <laughs> yeah it's, i mean it makes yeah it makes sense if, if there's like these huge multi-million billion dollar companies that are creating these products and funneling this much money into making it and advertising it, marketing it and all of that, that they, they would like embed within us some like psychological uh, fear, like, like, like some, uh, some sort of like aversion to tap water that we don't even like realize was planted in us by these companies that like we're all walking around now looking at uh tap water like it's fucking acid rain when the reality is it's probably okay to drink you could probably just go to like i i used to just like wake up in the middle like as a teenager if i woke up in the middle of the night and i was thirsty i'd go into the bathroom 
and just get, like get handfuls of like cut my hands together and just slurp it up from the tap like that from the bathroom sink water but now it's now it's like pete davidson tells me i gotta go spend five dollars on a fucking goddamn bottle of smart water i mean it's it's insane it's crazy and then what's really alarming is and i think i've talked about this already but that guy from the big short the the, the real life dude that christian bale plays michael burry that like investment dude he he went tits up during all that or he like he had to shutter the doors of his business and now like his whole thing is like he's big into like the, the commodity that he's invested in that he like works the most with is water itself so that's a lot that's, that's alarming that like some investment strategist like one of these wall street guys pivoted to water that just just water itself as a commodity and, and so they're gonna like i i guess in the, i guess like he's going to short water itself the same way he did the housing market like he bet against the fucking american like global economy in the housing market he's going to he's going to bet that we won't have access to water anymore and and he's gonna make billions uh in making water investments and then we're all gonna, we're all gonna die of thirst um so that yeah that, that that's that's an alarming thing and that's uh, that's that's where it's 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 like god damn there does need to be some sort of fucking goddamn like I sound poor, don't I? I sound stupid when I talk like that. When I when I start swearing too much, that was something my the, my elders always used to say is that a sure sign of lack of intelligence is cussing is, is cussing too much. And I think maybe you do one must be somewhat deliberate in the words they use when speaking i don't think cusses are completely off the table but this episode of the show has been festooned with swears and it does dilute what is being said overall when you swear too much you have to, you have to be very particular about which swears you use and where you put them and i i have been very sloppy with my cussing on this episode so for, please forgive me for that i sound very stupid with all this all this swearing um <laughs> that is that, that's something that bugs me too uh bug about bu bugs me bug bugs me bodes <laughs> hey folks it's me robbie goodwin <laughs> um is when people use the word fucking the same way that we all use like and uh and um where they use the word fucking or fuck as a uh, filler word, like a connective tissue as they're thinking and speaking out loud. It, it, uh, it's, and it's something I'm guilty of in my life. I've done it a lot, but it's so low class and it, it, it bothers me because it, it definitely, um, removes a lot of the uh, the punch of the word itself and dilutes it to to the point where it, it the the word loses any sort of substance or meaning 
in a way. Like, you get so used to hearing it and using it in that way that, like, you like you, you, you forget that most people, that that's, like, unacceptable in most circles to, to, to just, like, be that lousy with, with a swear word. And I think, I think a lot of us have done it and a lot of us are like mindful when we're in professional settings to, to not talk that way. But it's something I'm trying to be more thoughtful about when I talk to people now is is making like a concerted effort to not use the word fucking and fuck as just willy nilly as this, this sort of like connective tissue as, as I'm talking the, the the links in the chain of my uh, f- flow, nice f- speech. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah that, that that those were the lessons imparted unto me by my the one semester of uh, speech co- communications class I took in high school was to try to eliminate filler words from your vocabulary such as like uh um and fucking uh uh oh it's me i'm a marxist and oh i talk like a fucking idiot (laughs) he's a good he's a good example of how not to talk jake flores he even types that way he even types he'll post something and he'll use the like like He'll like, like, he'll like, he'll type the word like in his post the same way that someone would speak. And it makes sense to talk that way because that's just, that's how people talk. You're, you're formulating a thought and, and talking, you know, taking your thoughts from the abstract and expressing them as language. And as you're attempting to sort through what you're thinking and put it in the speech, you use the word like uh and um as these placeholders as you try to think about what you want to say whereas if you're typing something and you have all the time in the world to deliberate over what you want to say and and then post it why would you include those same filler words I can understand doing so for the purposes of maybe a joke or some sort of like creative choice, but to ju- to do that for like to to do that regularly, as though to communicate to people like this is I don't even know what it's communicating. It's communicating that you're like you're such a fucking like self righteous indignant fucking asshole that you still talk like a valley girl even when you type jesus fucking christ i know i'm low rent i'm trash and i've done horrible horrible things in my life but i I at least make an effort that when i speak to be thoughtful and deliberate what is the what is the first of the four agreements by don miguel ruiz be impeccable with your word and the second don't take anything personally. And the third, uh, I forget what the third one is, but I think the fourth one is always do your best. But the first of the four agreements is be impeccable with your word. Think about what you want to say. Deliberate on it. 
Say exactly what you want to say, what you mean. Be impeccable so that nobody can question what you've said or pick it apart because it's airtight what has been said. It's been thought through and it is a beautiful, beautifully constructed sentence and a good thought that you thought about. Nobody cares anymore, though. Nobody cares about language or any of this shit anymore, because everything is, uh, yeah, everything is content. You know, people want to see, people want to see Kai Sanat uh, play Spider-Man Two and make jungle noises, um, which I, I suppose I shouldn't use the phrase jungle noises to describe uh, that person, uh, but that's that's what comes to mind anytime I watch the. A Kai Sanat stream. <laughs> I'm no better than anybody, though. I, um, it's a, you know, judge not lest ye be judged. That's scripture, folks. Read, read the book. Read your book. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Speaking of, I feel bad for her, man. I feel bad for her because Riley did, did y'all see that thing that Riley Reed posted about she wants to figure out some way to stop her kids from getting bullied at school once they it like should they she want I, I, I it sounds like she wants to remove the stigma attached with the fact that she used to get DP'd for a living and stop her children from getting bullied and it's it's with people like that it's always like man oh man every time it's every time these women they turn 18 and they get like for what and it's not like they're without agency it's not like they're culpable in their own like decisions they are making like a conscious decision to get into that industry but man that that whole fucking industry is very predatory and abusive and it, it sucks in these like young impressionable women at, at a very young age and then either spits them out or they decide they don't want to do it anymore they want to try and live a normal life or they get aged out like wh whatever the factors are and then it's every time and, and 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 it's not and it's not even that it's bitter unknown porn stars that you know go public like this it, it's always like it, there's been like plenty of times where it's been like some of the most popular well-known beloved porn stars get out of the industry and then turn around and try to live a normal life and then they they start they, they go oh that was a mistake the 10 years i spent getting uh you know airtighted by three like black dudes on a on a white couch that was actually that's gonna that's gonna stick with me if i as i try to raise a family or or, or do any anything moving forward in life and uh i i feel bad for her man because she's definitely one of the goats throat goats of that industry i've i'm i'm, I'm very familiar with raleigh reed's work but like yeah, I mean, I can understand wanting to have a family, it's, e even if that's like your line of work. It's it's not like 
those people are undeserving of love and empathy and be, being able to like try and have a family but man that sucks that does suck because like you so, like your kids are gonna get bullied your kid like wh wh what's gonna happen is like somebody at school is gonna come up to her kid with with, with like a, a smartphone and just try and like force them to watch their mom get like butt fucked uh on, on uh, one of these tube sites and so these these kids are gonna have like uh, a pretty <laughs> they're gonna know the very intimate details of uh, uh the inner workings of their mom's uh holes <laughs> so they, yeah i feel bad for her. <clears throat> and uh, yeah it seems like a lot of these women it just drives crazy like it, it also just like will drive them crazy like like remember a few years back when august ames killed herself because of this like she was this you know poor great i mean one of the best really big big public figure and and she was getting like cyber bullied because she didn't want to fuck a gay dude and get aids which fair enough i mean i agree with that you know you don't want to get raw dogged by a gay dude he's been taking prep you haven't you're more susceptible to the transmission of that of, of a disease you don't want to get aids you don't want to get aids in your pussy by a gay guy you know you don't want to get pussy aids from a gay guy <laughs> so uh and then everybody was you know pe people dog this was around the time of like i think the culture wars were just starting and so people were dogpiling on her telling her she was like a bigot or whatever and and, and just just throwing away any uh any of the arguments they made about like a woman's agency or the choices she has when it comes to sexual partners that's all you know the because the, the, these people don't have any real principles or convictions so w w you know whatever they decide to be upset about or argue about or, or condemn someone for they, they can pick and choose you, you know what like where their condemnations are and, and what they actually believe in at any given moment but there's no consistency principles or convictions so the you know the same people that talk about how you don't, you know, a woman doesn't owe you sex and, and she, a woman has, gets to choose her sexual partners and she shouldn't be forced to do something she's not uncomfortable to do. In this instance, because uh, in the, in the sort of like uh, oppression Olympics or like, what, yeah, the, the uh, minority group oppressed Olympics, it was like, no, a gay dude deserves to get some pussy, okay? And you're being hateful by not wanting to get fucked in your pussy by a gay guy. Okay, gay guys deserve to fuck your pussy. And this is you being a small-minded bigot, August Ames. <clears throat> and so she got a lot of hate and then uh, killed herself. There might have been more that goes in. I mean, go listen to that John Ronson podcast about it. It's called The Last Days of August. I'm I I don't really remember all of what happened at the time. I just remember getting being very sad because she had a great pair on her, some of the greatest titties I've ever seen, and I believe they were Jews. I think those were heavy, dense Jew tits. Uh, I I know I know I know what they look like. I can spot them. Uh, <laughs> I can hey, I, I can spot them. Okay. I can I can find I can sniff out Jew tits if you ever if you ever need somebody to find some Jew titties I'm your man <laughs> and yeah but you know so she killed herself and but then there's other instances of 
you know, nothing that like stuff maybe not that extreme but you know Sasha Gray who was probably the biggest when she was doing it uh, she got out and has since talked about you know how it was it was painful and abusive and, and exploitative and everybody's just on every pill imaginable to stay numb through this process to, to deal with like the, the reality of the, like this is what we do for a living is <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta lay on my back and throw my legs over my head while a guy jams his cock inside my ass wouldn't <laughs> literally the like the number one fear of any guy should he go to prison is just what these women do at, like every day like they, they they go to work and they're like well i'm gonna get sodomized <laughs> big, big day at the office today i'm gonna get sodomized by nine black guys and for any dude who might be looking at jail time that's like his biggest fear there's there's like seasons of awes about like how awful that is and then you know for someone like sasha gray it's like do 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 time to get triple penetrating my ass <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's that's a that's a difficult profession for sure and so yeah now riley reed's another casualty of the uh the the, the sodomy industry and you know I, I wish her the best i i do feel bad for uh that kind of person uh but also you know she got plenty of money too so it's hard for me to feel too bad for you know i'd love to have some of that butt fucking money i'd love to get them butt fuck dollars you know uh <laughs> porn is bad and i love what some some of the states now are doing where there there's states now that have passed these bills that are requiring more stringent uh verification policies for porn sites so uh for like like let's say let's say you go to spankbang.com in, in a certain state I, I don't know what all the states are but like depending on the state you're in you know you you've got your you've got your dick in one hand and your your iphone in the other and you type you type in click 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 spankbang.com and then you click the button that you always click that says i am 18 i assure you i'm 18 let me into this site and in the past it always was like okay well here you go here's some here's some titties and big ebony asses but now when you click that button it gives you like the the message about whatever law was passed and how now what they need you to do is uh uh take a selfie to see you gotta send them send them a selfie so they they can see that you're uh over the age of 18 which begs the question i mean what happens if you have like like hasbola disease or andy milanakis disease like what happens then like if, if you send in the picture and it's like eh, eh, you're a child do you you then have to like take a, a front and back picture of your driver's license be like i can assure you i'm old enough to jack off to to boobs on this site <laughs> just, just adding more degradation and humiliation to the the the, the process of, of beating off is like having to send them like government issued identification to can can i please 
just look at Kira Noir's ass. Please let me see her her beautiful black ass. I I have been getting into the ebony stuff recently. I, I like big ebony asses. I I tell you what, I was I never thought too much about big ebony asses, but here lately it's like I get it. I get what these rappers are talking about now. This is this is a different this is this is a different class of ass than even even like the the fattest white woman's ass doesn't even compare to to a, a big ebony ass. There's they're cooking with something different over there in in, in black asses. They they got they got something it, you know maybe it's the 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 the, the Crisco that they that they cook with. They're cooking with lard, man. They got that chitlin ass. All right now. <laughs> okay, I should stop. They got that pickle pig's feet ass, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been enjoying the 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 Nubian goddesses, um, and I think it's because one one of the uh, one of the ladies I dated, one of the last chicks I dated was um. Well, she wasn't black, but she looked enough like a black person that I, I definitely, you know, look for. I should. OK, I, I should stop. <laughs> I'm going to cut that thought off right there. I'm definitely not looking for porn stars that look like my ex. Uh, <laughs> who I think everybody knows about, because at the time I was not uh protective of my personal life which now i have learned my lesson and i don't want anyone to know anything about me anymore i'll never tell anyone my age i'll never tell anyone how many sexual partners i've had i'll never tell anyone my finances who i voted for i don't want anyone to know anything more about me than what's already been put out there that's no one's business i am a phantom on the internet when i do when i upload anything or do anything public now i don't exist i'm a spook i'm a sp oh well i probably shouldn't use that word <laughs> uh it, <laughs> any anyway anyway that was lost in the maze 10 i think that's good for this week i might uh i might try and do maybe like an another hour maybe i should make these two hours right <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway anyway yeah thanks everybody uh patreon.com slash corn fed with dalton pruitt uh be on the lookout there i do i do 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 another solo show that i put up there and i'm still trying to figure out what that is gonna look like what that looks like or what that show is supposed to be uh it's called theseus finding a way out the dang maze and it's just me trying to like I guess like be more informed and react to the news or something. Like, I don't know. It's another, just a more, it's just more content. But yeah, it's another solo show I'm doing. Um, get the decal. Please support the show. Tell your friend, tell your friends about this, that this exists and I'm alive and I possess the rare talent of being able to do a solo broadcast. And it's only going to get better. You know, the more I do these, you know, right now they're sitting at around an hour each, and then it'll be an hour and a half, two hours, three hours. I'm putting up fucking Art Bell numbers by the by the end of this quarter from the from the high desert in the Great American Southwest. This 
is lost in the maze. Do 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 do